Hello ladies, I'm so glad you're here listening. This episode we're going to be talking about uh, in the trauma-informed segment, Knowing Your Why, and Abby Bailey is going to be taking us through understanding what it means to abide in Christ. So let's just get right in there. Hello ladies, so in this trauma-informed segment, I wanted to discuss the power of knowing your why with you, um, and that's even in poor decisions to be able to step back and self-examine and see why am I doing this, what's my motivation, what am I trying to get out of this, um, but whenever you're trying to heal or when you're trying to change your life or you're trying to remove a certain habit or pattern out of your life, Knowing your why can be so crucial because what it does is on the really hard days, you can remind yourself of why you're doing this when you know your why and power through. And it helps you stay true to your purpose and stay true to the course. And so sometimes that's easier said than done. Sometimes the why changes with the situation. For example, whenever I first got out of um, the relationship I was in, me and my children got in Christian counseling. And counseling, when you have a lot of emotional damage or a lot of trauma to unpack, it is even to the point of physically painful sometimes. And it's emotionally exhausting. And it's very tempting to quit. And so I myself, and I would remind my children why we're doing this, we want to heal toxic patterns. We don't want to be attracted to toxicity and chaos. We want to learn what healthy, normal love looks like. We want to break the cycle here with us. We want to break off um, even, I don't know, this is a totally different topic, but even break generational curses. We want it to die here. Um, We want to see ourselves in the most healthy, most loved by our own selves. And then that way we can be the most loved by others version of ourselves. We want to be able to look back at where we're at now and not even recognize that person because we've grown and healed so much. Um, Another example of how a why would be different. Um, So I didn't marry to get divorced. I had certainly planned on being married to the same person my entire life. I prayed every day for 10 years for the person that I was married to, um, begged the Holy Spirit to change him, um, to soften his heart, all of these things. And things had gotten pretty heavy and pretty dark. And when the people that loved me in my circle started praying for me and my children's safety, um, the Lord started to provide a way out of that situation. And then, once I was out, come to find out, had biblical grounds for divorce. And um, But initially, early on, I had to remember my why because I was a statistic. Um, statistically, women in domestic situations will go back seven times before they either die in that situation or they stay out. I went back five. And so for this time to be different, I had to remember my why and my why in that situation of why I wasn't going to go back was because I fully and truly believed it had gotten to the point that it was life or death. 
and that if we went back that myself or one of my children could very possibly die in that situation and I wasn't willing um, to bear that on my shoulders and so that why in and of itself kept me away also I, I thought about the Israelites in the Bible that got rescued out of Egypt and whenever they were in the wilderness Whenever they were the unknown, they hadn't made it to the promised land yet. Which, by the way, the journey on foot should have taken 11 days. It took 40 years because they got the Israelites out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get the Egypt out of the Israelites. But they kept wanting to go back to Egypt because even though it was abusive and even though it was toxic and even though it wasn't what was best for them, it's what they knew. And so every time they faced these unknowns, they rebelled and they rebelled and they rebelled. And I just remember being in my wilderness season and thinking, I don't want to look back and be upset at myself for keeping walking myself back into slavery. And not um, maybe literally in the sense, in some ways literally, but not so much literally in the senses, but as far as the Lord rescuing you out of something, answering a prayer, redeeming it, and then you walking yourself right back into it over and over again. And so for me, that was my why. I didn't want to do that. Um, but so I have a couple of questions for you to ask yourself to find your why. And this can be for your ultimate purpose, um, why you think you're here, what what your calling is, so to speak, uh, why, what motivates you every morning whenever you open your eyes um and for a lot of mamas that's their children it's being the best mother um that they can be for me it's first and foremost my relationship with god um then being the best wife i can be then being the best mother i can be um and then it kind of trickles out from there but so the first question to ask yourself when you're trying to find your why so that you can start making changes in your life, is why is this goal important to you? The second is, what does it mean for you? What does that mean for you? You know, as far as just ironing it out. This goal is important to me because, um, let's just use drug use as an example. Let's say that your goal is to become sober. We'll use that as a guide point through these questions. Uh, why is this goal important to you? Um, so that you're still here come this time next year, you know, so that your children have a healthy version of a mother that they deserve, so that you can love yourself the way that you deserve. Um, it could be anything. What does that mean for you? Um, that may mean having to cut certain people out of your circle, or that may mean... Um, having to start from the ground up completely rebuilding your life because you have to get yourself away from the negativity. Um, the next question, why does that matter to you? Um, why would it matter to you to get clean? Uh, I would say in some situations it's probably life or death. It probably matters because you may be the first person in your family to get clean and sober. I'm very well aware that a lot of times it truly is generational. And maybe you're the one to break the generational curse all over your family. And um, so that may be why it matters to you. How will that affect your daily life? 
Um, it's the next question on that. How will that affect your daily life? Um, and a lot of times it's going to be changing a lot of habits and patterns because it just becomes your new normal. You wake, you may wake up and use this drug or this drug to get through the day, um, or even just to avoid physical withdrawals. Um, so it may very much affect your daily life. You may have to go through detox. You may have to go to rehab. Um, there's definitely going to be steps that you're going to have to take to get there. Most of the time it's not just, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore, and then bam, it's that easy. Um, the next question would be, why is this change important to you? Um, once again, maybe it's that you want to have joy in your life again. Maybe you want to look forward to waking up in the morning. Maybe you want something to be different. Maybe you want a different point of view. Maybe you want to believe in yourself again. Maybe you want to prove everyone wrong. Um, whatever the answer is. Uh, the next one is, who else will it affect? So, you know, most of the time, decisions that we make in our lives, they very rarely only affect us. And so, good or bad, uh, who else is going to be affected by this? And then the last one, what happens if you don't do it? Um, will it be that the situation is going to get worse? That uh, you're going to lose more time? That you know, fill in the blank, whatever, whatever it means to you. And of course, once again, the drug use is just an example because I have so many people that I love dearly who have overcome drug addictions. And so it's an easy one for me to think through and to, to see how this model kind of works out, but it can be literally anything that you are deciding you're going to do something, help find the purpose behind it, help find your driving force, help figure out your why. And, um, I think that once you have it, that it makes it so much easier to accomplish what you're working towards. So I hope that maybe even in some small way that that helps somebody make a change in the right direction. Um, and it's progress, not perfection. It's going to take a hundred little decisions to get you from a place that you don't want to be to who you want to be, to who you want to see yourself as. Um, but I believe that you can do it with every fiber of my being. I believe that you've been called for a high purpose, that you have plans for your life, that the Lord has plans for your life, that he knits you together in your mother's womb, that you have been called and chosen and appointed. I don't think it's by mistake that you're listening to this podcast. I think the Lord wants you to hear it. I think that he wants you to know that he has a destiny for you and that it's to do great things and that it's for his purpose and his plan and for his glory. And so I'm just believing that you know, in scripture in Matthew, it says that we can ask in faith for this mountain to be moved and it'll be thrown into the sea. I'm expecting for you to move mountains and, um, I can't wait to hear about it. Reach out. Um, I want to hear your mountain move story. So, um, also if, you feel stuck. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> if you feel stuck where you're at and you need help deciding what the next thing that you need to do to even ask the wife for, reach out to us. We'd be happy to help any way we can. 
and I hope this segment has blessed you this this podcast. Welcome back, ladies. I'm here with Miss Abby, and I'm so excited about this episode because I feel like it's such a, a perfect, um, timely word. I really do feel like Abby is so gifted in hearing from the Lord every time that she comes on air to share with us. And so this week, uh, we're going to be focusing on, it's a scripture about abiding in Christ. And she's going to be explaining to us what that means and what that looks like in our daily life. But basically how, okay, everyone understands, or for the most part, understands salvation and that point of conversion. And okay, I didn't believe in Christ, and now I do. But a lot of people kind of get lost in that after, especially if they're not plugged into a church and they're not really being discipled. So Abby's kind of going to help guide us through what that looks like and what what it means to remain in him so i'm so excited for that abby i'm going to go ahead and let you take the reins so thank you for having me we're going to start in um john 15 if anybody wants to look at it look it up and, and read along and i'm reading out of the niv but it, i want to stop and start in verse five jesus said i am the vine you are the branches if you remain in me and i in you you will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my word remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, to Sally's point when she uh, opened, a lot of that gets lost some, sometimes in translation. It's like, okay, how do I remain in him? Um, obviously, we want to be known as his disciple. We want to have the Father remain in us and have his spirit with us. But what does that look like mm-hmm. in a daily walk? What does that look like in circumstances that are often out of our control? And I as I read it and as I, I kind of asked the Lord to really help me understand, Holy Spirit really began to show me the examples in the Bible of what that looked like. And I could then take it and apply it to my own life. And really, honestly, being totally transparent, this 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 week for me was a life application study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I took my daughter to camp Monday and almost was stranded on the way home. My car had a mechanical issue and it was a huge expense and, you know, completely unplanned for, um, and so things like life happens, you know, life happens. You're having a great day. You're having a Monday. You think your day's going to go one way and then something happens completely out of your control and, and you're all of a sudden, you know, hoping that you can get a hold of someone to meet you at the mechanic and get you home because mm-hmm. <laughs> life happened. And so I really felt like I was like, okay, I'm, I'm literally going to walk this out. All right, here we go. And so when Jesus was saying this to the disciples, he was trying to show them um, what it means to live in his love and live in communion with the Father and to not be self-seeking and not be self-serving and to continually represent him. And, you know, it really spoke to me because um, to be his disciple, to, to be known, that reputation, it, it's part of our identity. It's what we should literally operate. Jesus was, he was identified by God before he had earned or done any works. He, mm-hmm. God said to over him, this is my son in who I'm well pleased. He was 
he was identifying him as his child, as his, his heir, as his ordained and beloved instrument to the world to bring about our salvation long before one miracle or anything else had happened. And Jesus immediately went into the wilderness and was tempted Mm -hmm. by the enemy. And, you know, it's not a coincidence that the enemy, the enemy knows scripture and he came at him with scripture. He tried to manipulate it. He tried to confuse but Jesus was resting, he was abiding in in God, and he met every scripture with the scripture. He combat the temptation with the word of God, with truth. Mm-hmm. And every time he ministered and, and, and performed miracles, it was from a place of prayer that he had once again connected as a child of God. And so I think identity plays a very big role in being able to abide and to bear fruit. Mm -hmm. Um, We are not going to be able to serve the Lord, love people, keep our peace, walk in joy in this world, in this time, if we are not 100% convinced of our identity as his child. If for even one second we don't know what being his child means that we are saved by by his blood mm-hmm. that he is the only way to god that he is the word made flesh that his word is absolute truth that it's living breathing that it is sharper than any any sword that it can give us the wisdom discernment we need if we aren't convinced that he is everything to us and he is absolutely our savior our lord and the source of all life, because that's right. what a vine is. It's, right. it's the source of life. If we're not living in the identity as a part of that, we are going to wither up and die. We are going to dry out. We're going to be cast off, uh, separated. You know, and that is the number one tool that the enemy loves to use is isolation. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage anyone who may not be a part of an organized church to get in fellowship with people who are seeking the Lord, mm-hmm. who are... Um, have that heart in mind that they want to grow in their faith. Find somebody, find a Bible study group, find a small group, find a group of people meeting in their home, find somewhere that you feel comfortable that you can be held accountable and that they can equip you and give you tools because the only way to, to bear any fruit and to stay in that is to be constantly um, in that place that you are convinced of that. And then once you're convinced of that, here are the application things. So, A visual example, because I'm a very visual learner. The Lord showed me David, the story of David. So David was a shepherd. He is a lot of the times likened as the first example of what Christ would be. Um, He is a shepherd who worshipped on the backside of the mountain long before any knew him. The greatest um, story probably known in in even the world, not necessarily biblical circles, but is David and the giant, David and Goliath. You hear that constantly. Um, and in that story, in First Samuel 17, David goes to face the giant. And verse 40 says that he took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the stream and put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. And I've always wondered, in a sense, kind of like, what was the purpose of the staff? Like, you really can't, I mean, was it for steadiness? But he was a shepherd. And I have learned since then that shepherds kept a history of their flock on their staff. And David says to the giant, 
First came the lion, mm-hmm. then came the bear. And God gave me victory over both of those when they attacked my flock. So who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine, to come in against me? And again, you can, th- you can read that and think, oh, he's just throwing out slurs. No, this was not about circumcision or not. For David, his identity as a Hebrew and Israelite was in the covenant of circumcision that God had made with his people. So essentially, David was saying to this giant, who do you even belong to? Mm-hmm. Like, I am a child of Yahweh. I am a child of God. He has given me victory. He was looking at that staff and he was reminding himself when he was picking up those stones. Lord, I don't know why I'm here, but I know that you gave me the victory over this one time, two times, and you're going to give me the victory over this as well. You are going to show up. And he spoke to the enemy the truth of his identity. Mm-hmm. I am able to bring this victory because of who I belong to now. Who are you? I mean, yeah. I always laugh, but it's so true. It's literally like you were saying, who's your daddy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I know who my daddy is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and God did give him the victory. He not only knocked the giant down, he, he took his head off mm-hmm. and they scattered and the Israelites got the victory and he continued to walk in victory. And every time he had success, it was from the place of God's child. Yes. And as, as his, you know, inheritance was in the Lord. And then once again, staff came to me and I was reminded of Moses in Exodus 34. Here, Moses has brought the Israelites out of the desert. There's been grumbling. There's been chaos. There's been all this stuff. He's up in the mountain with God. God has had his fill of this rebellious group. He says, you know, you can go into the promised land, but I'm not going with you because I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Y'all are so rebel. They're such a stick- stiff neck people. And Moses says to him in verse 15, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us out from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Mm-hmm. That, to me, is such a powerful truth. Here is Moses with his staff leading the people, the staff that God has used to turn into a snake. Mm-hmm. to part the sea, to part, you know, waters, to, to have water come out of a rock, to um, heal, to divide. Like, all these things have come through the staff. And he's standing there on the mountainside with the Lord, and he's saying, I don't care about the blessing. It doesn't matter to me what good things happen to me. I'm not going to positive vibe my way into the promised land. If you don't go with us, if your presence isn't with us, how will they know we are yours? Mm -hmm. The only way we can be identified as your kids is if you're with us. That is someone who knew his identity. He understood the basics. And that's where we've got to get back to. We've got to remember whose we are. Who's our our daddy? Mm -hmm. He is... The Lion of the Tribe of Judah. Mm-hmm. He is the same yesterday, today, or forever. And I would encourage you. I did it the whole way home as I was praying to make it to the mechanics. I reminded myself who my God was. Mm-hmm. I, I said the names of God. I call on his identity. You are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You are Yahweh. Mm-hmm. You are Elroy, the God who sees. So remember who he is. 
Look at your staff in your life. How many times has he provided for you? How many times has he made a way where there seems to be no way? How many times have you should have died and you didn't? How many mm -hmm. times should something horrible happened and you were spared? Mm -hmm. How many times has he showed up late in the midnight hour and provided for you? Remind Amen. yourself. Yes. The Lord told the Israelites, remember. Remember, keep a ledger. Write it down. Tell your kids about it. Talk to them about me. When they get up, write it on the door pace doorpost put it on a, a buckle put it on your forehead you guys talk about me remember the things i've done they sang songs mm -hmm. they wrote tributes psalms is full of times when david went back and remembered i remember when you did this for me he even said my foot almost slipped when i saw the righteous prosper but you are my salvation and my keeper he knew mm -hmm. his identity in christ in God, which now is our identity in Christ. And that symbolism of a staff with Moses, with David, came to me that our modern day staff, our our remembrance of his goodness and what he's done for us is the cross. Right. The cross is the, the, the current reminder of, of all the things that he has brought us through, the victory that he promises. And just like Second Corinthians uh, 10 says, that we're going to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. And I love that because it's like that is the truth. Christ is the truth. Yeah. He died on the cross for our freedom. He made a way for us to stay in the presence of God. The veil was torn. We no longer have separation. We don't have to go to a person to get to God. We can mm -hmm. enter in through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can rest there. We can find our joy. We can find our peace. We can find our purpose, mm -hmm. the promise over our life. And when we are operating from that place and we remind ourselves, we take every thought back to the cross, to the truth over our lives, we get the inheritance. We get the blessings because he's just that good. Mm-hmm. And the rest of this chapter goes in, John in 15 talks about loving and, and having the fruit of the Spirit, having the fruit of Christ. And the only way that we're going to walk in joy and peace and be kind and loving and be able to abide and remain in those things is knowing our identity in Him, remembering all the times He's brought us through, what He did for us at the cross. Reminding ourselves, even if that has to be at the top of your lungs while you're driving down the road. Mm -hmm combating those lies of the enemy the thoughts that come against us that try to destroy the promises over us and then in the assurance like David gathering the stones I don't know how you're going to make a way but I know that as your child you are going to you've done it before you'll That's do it right. again yeah and resting in that no matter how it works out that he is trustworthy and Amen. able yes and his staying in that vine he his goal for us is fruit mm -hmm. is good fruit yes his he is the god of plenty he is the god of of creation that said be fruitful and multiply mm -hmm. there is no lack in him that's right there is no darkness in him and so when we have that truth of what the cross represents the salvation eternal life but not just life in eternity life here in life abundance abundance of life more than enough peace joy more than enough of his provision over us mm -hmm. then it's easy to stay in that place like I'm not gonna let this temporary circumstance 
talk me into forfeiting my identity. I am not going to allow fear, false evidence appearing real, to take my faith or to steal my joy or to even upset me because Mm -hmm. he is the truth over me. And I'm going to stay in this place of identity with him. I'm going to hang out here. Mm-hmm. And when the enemy says, oh, this is, no, 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 you don't understand who my God is. That's you don't right. understand who my father is. I know who my daddy is. Mm-hmm. And he said, if I remained in him and I stayed in his word and I stayed in communion with his spirit, that I would be fruitful and multiply mm-hmm. and that he would provide for every need. And so I'm going to praise him. Yes. I'm going to praise him before I even see it with my eyes, because the truth of it is it's on its way. That's right. Amen. Okay, ladies, that's all we have for this week. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out on any platform. Let us know that you're listening. Give us suggestions, what you want to hear us talk about next. We would love that. Um, And until next time, I just pray blessings over you and once again, peace.